What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I'm your host, Alex Spinelli, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Volo, Diamato Bono. Fellas, how are we feeling? We got another player rankings going today. We got the corners, a very, very deep group. Yeah, I mean, I, I was a little, I felt this group was a little lackluster, to be honest, but uh, it's good to get back in here and get another position ranking. We took a little bit of a, a little hiatus, so only one up this week, but We'll be coming out with three next week, so keep your eyes out. And the positions are much more fun than fucking cornerbacks. You think? Dana, how are we doing, bud? You really think that? Uh, yeah, I, cor- corners weren't uh, – I, I wasn't having a good time with the corners, to be honest. I like this group, honestly, a ton. Just the eth- you know, the athleticism is just off the scale for this group, which I feel like is a more and more needed and wanted trait for the cornerback position. We have seen the NFL want it more and more as wide receivers, so it's only natural that the position that's responsible for guarding them and defending them needs to do the same. And I feel like these guys are just animals. They're they're crazy. They're like lab built. Yeah, I mean, I I think they're all pretty much freaks, but I feel like the tape left a lot to be desired personally, besides my top two, but I will hold off on that. Or That's later fair. in the app. That is fair. I think uh, I think I'm a little higher on the group than than Ray's as well. I think my top two guys as well are clearly in a tier above the rest. And honestly, there's a pretty big drop off after those guys. But I think I like the depth a lot of this class. I think there's a ton of guys. And I had almost 12 guys with uh, day two grades. So I think there's going to be a bunch of guys that go in that second and third round. I was going to say, let me clarify my, I guess, my position. I think that a lot of there people are saying that the narrative, I feel like, is that there's a lot of first-round corners and there could be at upwards of six, maybe seven go. And I just think that it, because it's a weaker class that some of these guys are getting pushed up. I think, like you said, I think the top two are clear, clear-cut first-rounders in my eyes. But some of these other guys, I think they're fringe back end of one, maybe day two guys on, in typical drafts who are going to get pushed up. Right. All right, fellas, let's talk about him. Start with our number fives. Ray, who you got at number five? Yeah, so this one's a little surprising just because I kind of bashed him a little bit during uh, this this year, but I'm going Keely Ringo out of Georgia. He's, I mean, six foot two, 207 pounds, a little shorter arms than you would expect for someone that tall. He's got only got 31 and a quarter inch arms, but we've mentioned the athletic specimens of this class. He ran a 4.3640, which was obviously everyone was expecting to see that sub 4.4 number. Uh, 33 and a half inch vert and 10 2 broad, a little bit less than a lot of these other guys on the list. Uh, I think it shows a little bit lack of explosive athleticism and some of my concerns with him, but I'll I'll hold off on that. And what I really like, he's super young and he's got the pedigree. He's only going to be 21 years old as a rookie, so a lot to a lot to work with and a lot to learn. I'll start with uh, the positives. Obviously, you got to start off with the size. He's built in a lab that straight up. Uh, Height, weight, speed is just exactly what you want in a cornerback. It's a copycat league, and these tall, long, rangy corners are just – they're what's in right now. So every team is looking for him. He will not have his uh, – he will not be limited to suitors. Let's just say it like that. I think his ball skills aren't the best, but they're not they're not bad by any means. I think he uses the boundary and coverage pretty well as his friend when he's tracking the ball down the field. And he, he knows how to get in between the ball and the, and the receiver, which is good. And then I like his awareness. He's good at passing off some stacked receivers. He's good. He's always communicating on the back end that Georgia D. And I feel like it's pretty typical from a Georgia defender. They're always uh, heady, heady players, really well coached in that regard. So I like that. And then some concerns with him. I think the change of direction is really what has uh, been a red flag for him from the beginning for me. I feel like he gets beat a lot on comebacks where he just can't start and stop like some of these other cornerbacks do. So I think that will hurt him. I think maybe he may just be best as in like a cover three scheme where you just like, just don't get beat back. And I've heard some podcasts say, like talk about moving him to safety, maybe where I don't I know. I know you said that. No, you definitely said that, but I, I remember hearing it. I heard it on another podcast. I, I want to say it was like Rick Spielman who said it, which I was like, Holy shit. Like sauce might be onto something, but so it's just the change of direction in general just is my biggest red flag. And then also he can get a little handsy, but I feel like that's kind of a common, uh, 
I think, flag with all these young cornerbacks. They, they get a little handsy. It's just what happens when the ball's in the air. They get a little excited. So someone's going to have to get – he'll have to get that coached up a little bit and just calm down and just show a little bit more poise. Right. You know, did you have uh, Ringo anywhere? No, I didn't. I don't really see him as a, a corner at the next level, to be completely honest with you. Um, I know you've been saying it, and honestly, when you looked at a lot of his tape, he just – I mean, a, a lot of the strengths and traits that he has, a lot of strengths in that tape are, are stuff that I, I, I love to see in next-level free, free safeties, to be completely honest with you, and someone who has the versatility to come up and kind of be like a, a guy you put all over the field. And even though he impressed with uh, – what was his 40 again? 436. Uh, yeah, it, it really fast, and it, he just didn't in scenarios have that kind of short area quickness that change of direction because he's holding all that weight. Um, but he, he is still really, really fast, can make up for a lot of you know, a lot of times where he kind of misses and uh, maybe misses out on some route recognition. He, he can make up for it with his speed, but uh, and a lot of change of direction, which is you know more and more what's needed from these corners. I just don't really see it. I, I, I'd be more comfortable with him at a free safety position. And he'd be a high – he's still going to be a high draft pick. I still like him a lot as definitely a, a day two guy, but I don't see him as a corner. He kind of reminds yeah. me of another uh, Georgia corner who I wasn't the biggest fan on coming out but has really turned into a solid pro, uh, Tyson Campbell with Jacksonville. I don't – he just – he kind of reminds me of that size, length, speed that Campbell had when – uh the Jaguars took him at the top of the second round in 2021. So I would say really... Campbell has a bit more twitchiness. May, yeah, maybe he's also a little lighter, but I feel like that comparison is kind of what the way. that that comparison to me is what put him into my top five. What was he? He was in Sertain's class, right? I think so. Right, 2021. Yeah, yeah, yeah two years now. He he was awesome down the stretch last year. Yeah, for me, and the reason I've been talking about Ringo playing free safety, and I've been saying that for much of this offseason, is all the reasons that Ray highlighted. I think he is really smart, and he's good when he's passing off guys. Um, but just the the lateral movement skills just aren't really there. And also, if you're not really paying attention to the tape, you may think this guy should be a dominant press man corner, He's not. I want him playing more zone. I want everything in front of this guy. When he's in press. He keeps it. He doesn't get his hands on receivers at all. He lets wide receivers just cross his face all the time. Um, it's really frustrating because he definitely has the physical ability to do it. So I think he's going to get taken high because of his upside, because of his athletic ability. And he does have good pedigree. Also, he's a dog, too. He plays super hard all the time and teams are going to really like that, but he's going to have to answer some questions from a lot of teams about his play this year. I think uh, he really struggled, especially against Marvin Harrison jr. During uh, their game against Ohio state. So he'll be interesting. He's outside my top five as well. Dino, who you got at five? At five, I got Cam Smith uh, out of South Carolina. He is, and you know, please, just uh, be a little understanding. I'm going to be a little bit redundant on some of these traits, considering that, like I said, these guys are all, I might use a different buzzword for some of them because I see it a, a little bit differently, but they are all just like crazy athletes. So I just wrote down for Cam Smith, you know, elite twitch. Yes, he he's 31 and 5 eighths arms. I, I don't know why I, I see his arms being like, I thought they were like 33. I was shocked when they were a little, when they were a little bit under, you know, a hair under 32. Still great length for the position, though. Great speed, four four three. He had a 38 inch vert. He had a hilariously wild broad jump of 134 inches, which is, which is like 98th percentile. Uh, Six foot, uh, I believe he's almost six one technically. Inside outside versatility, and he really might be. uh, I I wrote down uh, king of the. 2023 oily hips award uh, i don't know uh <laughs> i i don't see many people saying that though um i know that it's probably more being said for for obviously the top two of this of this draft which is going to be almost across the board christian gonzalez and devon witherspoon you know wherever you want a one or two but um i i see most people talk about them with that but i thought with cam smith i, I saw a guy who and, and 
not to tease one of my weaknesses for him, but he's he's a guy who doesn't have the best route recognition. And it's very obvious that his instincts kind of lag behind. And I feel like the oily hips made him still have an awesome year and and do amazing against burners specifically. Uh, I said man coverage ability on burners. It was wildly impressive um, and needed big time in the league. You know, you want your Tyree kills and you want guys that are just going to burn you. Uh, I, the reason why I think he does really well against guys who are going to typically run a higher percentage of, you know, 15 plus yard routes is that he's more like it's almost he's uh, it's obvious that they are going to be doing that most of the time. But when he's not going against like a Jalen Hyatt and, you know, guys who are going to eat up cushion, he gets very easily beaten on like double moves. He'll like have no he'll almost think to himself it look i can almost see it that he's just like there's no way this guy's going to run a 9 right now and you know there's no way he's going to run past me and then the guy does so he needs to be a lot better with that and he has some pretty concerning con- concussion history and some injury history but a guy who could easily i i th- i mean i don't know if this is being crazy but i i think like seven or eight of these guys, any of them could technically be the best corner in this class, even though the top two really separate themselves because of the the crazy elite twitch of most of these guys. And what they do is really, really good. And obviously just the traits are out of this world. I, really, any could be the best, you know, five years down the road, easy. So I put Cam Smith at five. I was pleasantly surprised by his tape. Yeah. Ray, you have Cam Smith anywhere? No, nah, Cam Smith's on the outside looking in for me. But Dean's right. He is a good athlete. I feel like they played a lot of zone at uh, South Carolina. The tape was kind of annoying for me to watch, to be honest. But I do love his, his aggressiveness and tackling, too, I noticed, which was a, a plus. I don't know if he's going to be for everyone, but he's a good player. Yeah, I, I had Cam Smith at five as well. What I really loved when I was watching him, I know, Ray, we, we talked about it before, but that cover three shell that, that they like to play. It is a, a staple of that South Carolina defense, but when they do play man, his eyes never leave the, the quarterback. I really, really love that. He stays on guys' hips, but he always has his eyes in the backfield waiting to make a play, and he always wants to make a play. He's got a ball-first mentality, looks to make a play on the ball, sometimes a little bit too aggressively where he's not going after the man, uh, the wide receiver's hands. He's literally looking to snatch a ball from a wide receiver. Aggressive player from coverage to tackling, even for his size, he throws his body around. He does whiff a lot because of that. He tries to shoestring guys sometimes when he flies um, from the top of a route. So, gonna have to clean up the tackling a little bit but he does play very very hard which i which i really like and those eyes he just are always on the quarterback always looking to make a play so like ray said maybe not for everybody but he is a ball hawk among some of this top five who maybe lack a little bit of uh of those ball skills so i got cam smith at five i like it you and dino aligned Love yeah, to see no, it. and honestly, exactly how he is in tackling and, you know, in pursuit, almost at fault in making sure that he, he can potentially make a play on the ball. I feel like that all kind of aligns with this guy's going to need a little bit coaching up. He He's definitely a, a guy who just wants to make the splash and he's very concerned about it. And he sometimes he needs to dial it back a bit. And that's kind of why where I see his, you know, failing in route recognition right through five ray you got a number four uh at four i got your boy joey porter jr uh a little surprised i kind of wanted to put him a little higher but well, i guess we'll just start six two and a half 193 so it's that size that i feel like is pretty common in this draft and he's a little lighter than keely ringo which is good but dude 34 inch arms just dangling <laughs> down to his shins it's kind of like, <laughs> absurd it, this is like, this is someone if you want to build a cornerback in madden this is how you're building him 62 34 inch arms just you want him at the line of scrimmage doing his doing his work 446 40 i know on the combine coverage i think his dad was saying that they want him to run a little faster but that's plenty enough uh for a size a guy's size he had that 15 uh 20 yard split 
or 10 yard split rather. And then 35 inch vert, 10, nine broad, 17 reps. So he's just a good, really, really good athlete. Dean mentioned it. All these guys this year, I feel like are really good athletes. So with the size, obviously comes inherently he's playing at the line of scrimmage a lot. I think that there is room for improvement. I feel like he is a little inconsistent with his hand placement, but I'll get to that a little later, I guess. Uh, his ball skills are really impressive. He's not much of a pick guy. I feel like his hands are a little iffy, but me personally, I don't really give too much of a fuck about that. I want my cornerback to be on the ball and making plays on it, and he's good at uh, attacking the, the catch point and just just, just jarring the ball away. He's good at uh, attacking downhill and just getting uh, like fixing up the wide receiver's hands, just knocking the ball out, which I really like. The NFL pedigree, I mean, we all know his dad played in the league for, what, a decade, I think, if not more. So i really love to see that. I think he just knows the game of football. He's someone who's going to be – he'll come into an NFL locker room and be able to fit in right away. And his eyes, he's always – I feel like when – He's playing in this like little cloud coverage in the flat. He's always got his eyes on the cornerback on the quarterback. And he breaks very fast when he sees the ball coming. And like I said, his ball skills with that combination is really, really good asset to have. And then some of the weaknesses for him at the line of scrimmage I mentioned, he doesn't really get his hands on guys too much, which I think it's not really the biggest concern for me, just because when you have those 34 inch arms, you get into the right coaching uh staff. They'll be able to teach him that. That's that's not, not really going to be a big issue for me. The bigger issues to me are at the top of the route. He does get really grabby. He kind of I don't know. If, I don't know if I want to say panics, but I think he just doesn't know the right physicality to control his physicality. Let's just say it like Bravo. that, right? I feel Bravo. like it's when the, it's when his eyes are away from the quarterback is when he get when he's at his weakest, and that's when he gets grabby a little bit, but. And then the last one, and I think it's probably even more concerning than the grabbiness, his foot speed to me. I feel like at the line of scrimmage, like when he doesn't he doesn't press, but he also just gets caught flat-footed a lot, and he gets beat off releases. I, I don't know if it's a lack of comfortability, just backpedaling and just with motions like that. I know some other podcasts have talked about it. I want to say like DJ and Bucky were saying they just don't. That's why he didn't test. They, 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 he just is not comfortable moving around like that. So and I feel like on tape I saw it a lot where he just would be flat footed and either either not try to get his hands on the wide receiver at all or just completely whiff. So I really do like Joey Porter, but he's not going to be for everyone. He's I think he's gonna be you want him in like a cover two scheme. You want him to have help over the top and just let him work in like a either a cover two or a cover three cloud where he can play underneath, get his hands on some receivers and make plays in like the flat. I don't really think you want him working too much downfield. Mm-hmm. What about you, Dino? Where you have a JPJ? Yeah, no, I really like what Ray said, especially towards the end of uh, of all that. All that was awesome. I, I mean, I, I basically will just be reiterating or summarizing very shortly. Uh, but I, I, my fourth is going to be Joey Porter Jr. Again, yeah, six two, one ninety three. The thirty four inch arms is hilarious. I was very, very, very surprised with uh, the ten yard split he had at uh, one point five. And that four four six forty, I thought it would definitely be a little bit less. I believe he has a very good uh, short area quickness, but just it's definitely a, a few ticks behind all the other guys we're going to talk about in this class. So I thought that ten yard split would not be, and I know it's not exactly uh, the measurement for short area quickness, but I, I did not think his acceleration was like that uh, in, the, in his ten yard split. Thirty five inch vert, that's going to be marketedly lower than everyone else. Again, they're just. They're just freaks. Uh, size and length paired with that speed, you know, specifically, again, that 10-yard split, it just makes DB coaches just frolic. Like, like honestly, they're headed to Emerald City. So uh, I wrote down for him, he's just an elite route disruptor. This is going to be a guy who is, again, just like Ray said, not for everyone at all. Uh, he's going to be one of the most scheme-specific corners in this top five, in this top eight or nine, in my opinion. Uh, whether he is physical with a receiver on the line or downfield, he he just never lets the wide receiver run his route as he planned, which is which honestly is is awesome. I, I, that's a fantastic skill to have as a corner, but you know almost to his detriment. And Ray basically said this: he, you know when you project him at the next level, I I, I put like in all caps, flag city. He's going to get flagged up and down. He almost needs sometimes, if he can't get 
even a just one paw just just for a millisecond on a guy he just he needs it as his leverage almost and that's just not a good instinct and a good uh, habit to have it's going to be very hard to shake that he he almost needs to be touching them at all times so so when you know he's going to get refs are going to flag that all day oh, the wide out especially one of the top the top wide outs are just going to call out to the ref and be like, dude, his, his hands all over me. They're going to notice it. And that's it. It's just going to be thrown all day. So uh, that's why Joey Porter is going to be four, even though he he's legit, the perfect prototype for a corner in the NFL. Right. Yeah. You guys covered it really well. I have Joey Porter jr. At four as well. Watched a lot of them over the past few years. Like you said, elite length, is his is his calling card. He's a press man corner to a T. He redirects guys really, really well and really easily at the line of scrimmage when he gets his hands on guys. But there are too many times where he whiffs or he's not playing in press and guys can come across his face and he's very high hipped. So shiftier wide receivers doesn't really recover that easy. But like you guys have been saying, when he does get hands on you, he's awesome. He is uh, really hard to get off of you. And even if you have a, a tiny bit of a window to make a throw, those arms, he's always getting his hands in the way. Really strong when it comes to the catch point. He's always banging guys on their arms and on their hands uh, to break up a pass. Ball skills, the, he only won interception this year, but – like Ray said, interceptions are overrated. He makes a play on on almost every ball that uh, he can get his hands on. It's going to be really interesting to see where he ends up because, Ray, I actually kind of disagree. I feel like I don't really want him in a in a cover three shell. I really want him at the line of scrimmage. I, I meant like uh, I said cover two, and or like if he's playing like cover three, like cloud, where like he's not going deep, like he's staying oh, in the flat. Yeah, 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 I don't. Yeah, I don't really want him deep at all like that either. Um. Yeah, so it, he's he's definitely one of these guys who's going to be scheme dependent. Um, I think a team like like Detroit at eighteen is a really really good spot for him. I think he can come in and and they can kick one of either Mosley or or Sutton inside, and they really want to play press man corners on the outside. So it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. But love the family pedigree. He's a tremendous, tremendous worker and leader on all accounts. Um, so I got Joey Porter Jr. at four. All right. Do we all have like the same exact rankings? Probably. I mean, personally, I I thought ranking these top four was very, very easy. Yeah. I and I think the, hard, the hardest for me was five. Yeah. Five, five through 10, I could have honestly gone anywhere. Actually, I'm also going to say four, three, and four to me. I think it came down to just versatility, which is why I have why I have three. So you want me to go? I'm assuming we all have the same guy. Uh, let's like let's let Dean go because uh, this has been Dean's Dean's guy for a while. I, I'm okay. assuming that he has a three. This is my fucking this is my fucking dog, bro. Yeah, let's go, I, Dean. I, I, I off. I'm surprised you're saying that you have him three over Joey Porter for for. I mean, I'm um, over. I went to Penn State. Everything. Well, yeah, that's honestly that has to be why, because I, I I don't really dis I don't really agree that he would be higher than Joey Porter Jr. for for his versatility. I guess I'll go over it shortly. I have a I have a lot on him. Like, I love this guy. I was gonna fuck around and make him two just for fun. You want to say his name? Crazy, yeah, Deontay Banks out of Maryland, six foot one ninety seven, thirty one. And three eighths inches arms, four three five forty forty two inch vert, which is like laugh out loud. I don't even know how that's possible. I I don't think if I jumped three times and like there was like a step, <laughs> I don't think I'm forty two inches, which is hilarious. Um, yeah, Ray, you, you raised your hand. Yeah, I, I, you better not say broad jump in straight inches again. I'll fucking lose my mind. Don't do <laughs> oh, it. Okay, sorry, I didn't say it in feet. I like I, like, <laughs> I was dying at that earlier. I like right inches. I like to write it down in inches. I like it to be all uniform. I don't like that we're switching it to feet all of a sudden. Do you do you, but just go right. ahead. Uh, that's just that's just a personal thing. Whatever. I love you, Dina. Yeah, thanks, thanks, bro. Um, anyway, strengths. I'll run it down. I actually have a lot of weaknesses for him, which I I, I really like to highlight because I, I think there's 
definitely weaknesses he can overcome again. This is a guy who, who could easily be the best corner in this class. Uh, he's sticky in man coverage. He's an explosive athlete. His short area quickness and change of direction is just flat out silly. Exactly like the top two. Um, all three of these guys, Deontay Banks and, again, the top two, they, they just move absolutely effortlessly. That's the best way I could put it. Uh, he brings tenacity and physicality when he's being blocked in the run game. He also displays a ton of discipline. And this I loved so much when he's faced with when he's faced with a runner approaching in like the open field. It'd be weird because a few plays before you'd see him just come up, run up and just blow up a guy. And then a few short plays later, you'd have, uh, you know, a running back coming in the open field and and just see him like sit down on his heels for just a millisecond to make sure that he's not overextending. And, and honestly, he's, he's my favorite tackler in this group and, you know, having a corner that could tackle f- effectively is very, very important. Obviously we're Jets fans and I can't even tell you how many DBs I've seen with on simple tackles, five yards downfield and it turns to 80 yards to the crib. So, uh, that is something specifically that I like to see in my corners just off of, uh, you know, the straight demise that we've had as fans over the past, you know, 26 years. But uh, weaknesses, I, I said, unlike my top two, Banks has not shown the propensity to play in, you know, inside outside. While he was at Maryland, he only he only spent 4.2 percent of his snaps inside out of like 1400. So it was like none. He also tends to play on his heels a bit too much. Uh, after like a wide receiver eclipses about 10 yards. Um, uh, let me rephrase that. So I'm basically saying when a wide receiver, you know, eclipses 10 yards in his route progression, he kind of, he kind of almost anticipates and just kind of starts cheating towards it being a, a post or post corner or, you know, uh, just a flat out nine route. And when that happens, he's very, very easily exploited towards like a 10 plus yard curler comeback. And uh, I saw that a ton. That was kind of really most of the time what he actually got dinks for in his tape. And um, he only had two picks in four season, which definitely raises the question of ball skills. But I, I feel like that could be something that you know, once he gets more comfortable at the next level, he's something he could start to work on, really start to look more at the uh, the quarterback's eyes and try to make a play. But uh, this guy's a fucking dog. And uh, I love Deontay Banks. I, I, I think he's in the top tier with the top two. Tad behind, but I would say he warrants being in the top tier. Interesting. Right. You got Banks at three as well. Yeah, I got Banks at three. Um, Dean covered it pretty well. And I guess by versatility, I wasn't really talking inside-outside. I think he can play off-zone. He can play man coverage. He can play press. He can play like, – he can just do it all in Gosh. that regard. Yeah, I don't I don't want him playing inside either, but you touched on it. I think the tackling is massive. He's a really sure tackler. I don't know if he missed a tackle all year, to be honest. Everything I watched, he was just wrapping up beautifully. I, this was only, the only year as a full-time starter. I, mean, this, I think this is when he got his only pick. Uh, you said he had two. I don't know if he had two or one. I was just going to try to check that. But no, he I just had he two had... Over, over four seasons. Gotcha. He did have a second one? Okay, yeah, you did. You're right. Yeah, but that's the one thing that was concerning. But like I said, this is his first full year as being the starter, and he had eight pass breakups to go and with like a 43% completion percentage against him. So he was really solid at that. I do love the way he attacks – coming downhill on both tackling and passes. I think he does his best when he is playing a cover three kind of, and he can come down, he can keep his eyes at the quarterback and then come attack the ball to dislodge it. He's another one like Joey Porter Jr. Like some of these other guys we're going to talk about. He does a really good job of getting his hand in between the ball and the the receiver. So I really like that. And um, yeah, I guess some things to improve on like all these young guys, a little grabby and a little, a little messy at the line of scrimmage, but that'll come with time. He's going to be a 23 year old rookie. So it's not crazy old, but I th- I just like, I like his versatility. I think he, he'll play anywhere. I think he's going to be a good corner in this league for a while. I don't know if he has a ceiling of some of these other guys, but he'll be solid. Yeah. I also got banks at three. I mean, you guys, you guys covered it really, really well. Easy mover. I think him and Gonzalez are the two best movers. 
of the class. I think the position comes really natural to him when you see him moving out in the open field. And I I wrote down best tackler in the, in the class as as one of my top strengths. This guy doesn't miss a tackle. He's physical and he wants to get into the run game too. He like looks for contact. So I really, really enjoyed that. How many years did we see Revis? I know we're talking about Revis in his corner, uh, his coverage skills, but how fucking good was that guy at tackling? He was the best tackler on our team for how many years? It's really, really important, especially. Well, I mean, the, the hitman was on, was on the team with, with him for majority of his career. So I, I, I'd have to uh, stop you there, but, but he up there. Definitely. Uh, some of the weaknesses we talked about the uh, the ball production. I think the ball skills are lacking. I think ball skills and ball production are not always correlated, but I think in this case it is. I think a lot of times he's not getting his head all the way around to see the ball, and he's kind of just playing the receiver. Which hey, he's getting there and he's making a pass breakup, but he's not really seeing the ball when it's coming in. So. Getting his head around, I think, is really important. And, Dean, I also had, similar similar to you, cheats on a lot of routes. He flips his hips a little too quickly sometimes before receivers are making their breaks um, in anticipation for a certain type of route. But then he gets caught up if they're running double moves, if they're just going a different direction than he thinks they're going, and he's not steering them to a direction. So I think staying a little bit more square towards the line of scrimmage and not giving up so much ground, opening his hips, um, it's going to be a big area of improvement for him. But he's a really, really nice player. I don't think he's in this class, in this tier with our top two, but I think he is in a solid tier two with him and Porter, and then it's pretty much everybody else after him. That's kind of how I ranked it. All right, fellas, let's talk the top two. Who, uh, who wants to start? Um, right, you want to start? Yeah, I'll start. I'll start. Uh, number two, number two for me. I don't know if we're. I mean, I feel like we're all going to be the same here. But I got Devon Witherspoon or Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois, five eleven and a half, one eighty one. So he's the, kind of the rare exception in this class where he doesn't have those freak measurables. And one thing I guess that is a little concerning. He did not test at the combine or the pro day. So that's one thing I'm curious about. I don't know if his long speed is something in question, but to me, it doesn't really matter. 31 and a quarter inch arms, so they're long enough. Uh, he'll be 23 by the end of his rookie year. But the way it, you have to start talking about this guy. He, if Dean called Deontay Banks a dog, he, this guy's like fluffy from the fucking first Harry Potter movie. He's a three headed <laughs> dog. This guy does nothing. He doesn't stop talking, <laughs> dude. Reference. Dude, yeah. he doesn't stop talking on like, the field, which I love. I think when you're when you're competing and you're talking, you're getting to the receivers' heads, I think it makes all the difference. I think Sauce Gardner kind of proved that this year, where he was nonstop talking. And I think it kind of allows him to get away with some more uh, physicality downfield, where if he if you just keep chirping, 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 and you guys are playing physical all day long, the refs are going let to the, let the play go. So I think it helps get away, him get away with some of his physicality too, which I really love, because at the end of the day, this is – this is a physical game where it's just man, man on fucking man. So if you can get into that, your the opposing receiver's head, you're already a leg up. And I guess that goes into the next thing. My next uh, pro, he's just his man to man skills are probably the best in this class. I think he is a true man to man cornerback in the mold of Revis. Not like obviously calm down. Not saying he's going to be Revis, but he's in that mold where you want him. Okay, third down. Go go get their number one receiver and just go stick with them because that's what he's going to do. It's and the NFL it comes down to third down and one on one matchup. So I think that that's where he thrives. And then his ball skills again, another one. Just at the point of a, at the point of the catch, he's just elite. He he knocks the ball away. He's physical. He does a really good job of the. I always coined the Revis where you pull the get a little pull of the hip with your left hand and come around with the right, and he does a really good job of getting away with that, which I love. And then some of the negatives just lack of measurables and just no testing numbers kind of concerns me a little bit, but again, not too much. And then the, the drastic change, the drastic jump from this year is, could be a little concerning where he wasn't, been, he hasn't really been doing it his whole career, but mm-hmm. again, I don't really care too much about that. And then third, where some people are going to care about this more than others. I don't think he's the best tackler, especially after watching Deontay Banks and watching him, he's, he leaves a little bit to be desired, but 
at the end of the day, if I in my cornerback, if you can go man man on man one on one with a guy and lock him down, I can give a fuck less if you can tackle. True. You know what about you for uh, for Witherspoon? Yeah, uh, for Witherspoon, uh, I also have him at two. I really wanted. We actually were uh, pretty enamored with the corners. Uh, like I want to say probably around senior bowl time, we were starting to talk about them a little bit on the side. And that's kind of when I did uh, like, I, I did a little rundown of uh, watching a lot of them. And I was just like in love with Christian Gonzalez. And uh, I, I definitely thought De- Devon Witherspoon was, was, was awesome. and had, an, had great tape, but it wasn't until I did this deep dive where they are, 1A, 1B. It doesn't really matter, I guess, for for purposes. And I think Christian Gonzalez is a handsome young man. I'll keep him at one. And uh, But Devon Witherspoon, yeah, he let up a 24.6 QB rating when targeted over 12 games of action. I mean, let's just video game my player numbers where, like, if you have a bad game, you quit out and you go back to your saved and you play again and make sure you have, you know, your elite. It, it's ridiculous. I couldn't even do this in Madden, my player, if I tried. Uh, inside, outside versatility. Uh, I, I put in all caps, dog, uh, with, of course, D-A-W-G. Um, you know, all the confidence in the world. It, this guy might be the most confident person on planet Earth, and I live on planet Earth, and and uh that's saying a lot you know he that's going to matter he's 5'11 181 uh we went over the measurables Ray went over everything into in great detail but when you're lining up against like an AJ Brown or a DK Metcalf or or a lot of the other physically imposing you know receivers and you're 5'11 180 you need to have a chip you need to have a chip on your shoulder you need to be a dog and that's exactly what he does he again just like the other uh, the other two in the top three moves effortlessly. And this tape is as perfect as Sauce's last year. I, I feel confident in saying that. It is as perfect as Sauce's tape was last year. Uh, and then I put for weaknesses, legit. I just put undersized. That is it. There was no there was no weaknesses besides that. And he had, you know, a, a okay freshman year. His sophomore year digressed a little bit in the QB rating when targeted. Uh, it progressed in his junior year and then obviously made a, just a wild leap in his senior year. And it was just, it was just a perfect year. Good for him. Yeah. He's uh, been by far, I think the biggest riser of anybody throughout this, this draft process. And it's pretty crazy because a lot of times we think about risers and it's coming from the combine and seeing their athletic measurables his rise is completely on tape. This guy's tape is fucking awesome. You guys talked about the mentality, absolute dog on the field. And I think a lot of that stems from his, his, uh, his tape watching. I think this guy is really, really smart on the football field. He's really impressive with his route recognition. He knows what defenses are trying to do. He knows how they're trying to attack him. I saw him multiple times where he's calling out routes to Sidney Brown on the back end, to his linebackers, and he knows what's coming. And he is just really technically sound where teams can't do anything. We talked about it a bunch, and I think the stack gets thrown out all the time, but one reception allowed in press man coverage this year. That's just disgusting. That doesn't even make sense. Um, Zero touchdowns allowed this year. Speaks for itself. The tape speaks for itself. He's a really, really good player, and he can have a home on any team. He can fit in any scheme, and he can play outside or inside. I think the versatility is going to be really, really nice for him and really nice for a team that gets him. For the weaknesses, we mentioned that frame. I think he struggles to get back into position when when a, a receiver beats him a little bit because of his lighter frame, and he doesn't have elite speed to to make up that ground. So when he's trailing guys, he can struggle to get back in place. And he also, he bites on a lot of double moves. Um, so just staying down and uh, keeping his head around on receivers is going to be really important at the next level. But this guy's a damn good football player and he lets you know every single play that he's better than you. So I fucking love this guy. He's got the mentality to play the position that, especially in today's game when they're getting thrown at so much. All right, fellas. 
So that was Witherspoon at two. Let's talk about our guy, Christian Gonzalez, at one. This is a guy that I've been on for a long time. You want me to start? Yeah, please. Yeah. Um, 6'1", 197, great speed, good size, very fluid hips. He's just a really easy mover. He just – he's a natural at the position. He can mirror and match receivers so well. He's long enough where he can play press man coverage. He's smart with really good instincts where he can play in off coverage. He can play in any type of zone scheme that you want. Really versatile. He's got a really, really good strong punch when he's playing in press man coverage. He disrupts routes without holding, which is really important. Pushes guys to the sideline. Doesn't let them get back into play. Doesn't let them get their route going early, which is really important. And big, big thing for him this year, transferring from Colorado he got the ball production this year that he really needed. Four picks this year, which was really impressive. So I think the production matched with his tape, matched with his athletic uh, prowess at, at the combine. I mean, he he's a star, and I think he could he has a home on any team. Some of the weaknesses, I think, the tackling in the open field is a little inconsistent. Um, as well as his awareness on run plays, I feel like he gets lost sometimes, and he's not always in the right position to make a play. Um, he has his head down when, when the ball is coming his way, especially in run plays. Um, so could be a major point when, uh, when teams bring him in, but I can send this guy to guard almost any wide receiver in the league right now and feel comfortable that he will do a good enough job on them. I don't really see him struggling against bigger receivers or smaller and shifty receivers. I think he has the athletic makeup and the instincts to play against pretty much anybody. So he's a, a top seven player in this draft for me, and he's going to be a, a really special player. I, I like that you brought that up. And and versatility is not is not nothing at this position. I, I feel like I feel like we a, a good amount of these guys are. I remember last year Almost none of the guys in the top five I remember being really having a lot of inside outside versatility. This group has more. Um, so it just it seems like it's a little novel. It seems like it's not really that big of a deal, but it really is. All the best wide receivers in the league right now, they don't just line up outside anymore. They don't. They line up inside as well. A lot, actually. A ton of times. Tyreek Hill, of course. Jalen Waddle, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. All those guys have the propensity and a lot of times we'll move inside and you know you want a guy that could fully mirror and and just take away that guy christian gonzalez could easily do that he a track guy you know he hit 23 and 23.3 miles per hour on gps during last season which was like i think the highest or close to the highest cleanest coverage technique in the class you kind of went over that uh, honestly, you hit everything on the head. The only thing I'd really add, I guess, is uh, maybe on weaknesses um, was that he really only had one year of elite play. And uh, I feel like this kind of ties in with the weaknesses that you laid out, but he can potentially have some problems with some bigger, more physical receivers. But he does. That does not mean he's not physical in the run game at times. He 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 does come up and and give you a hit or two, a really nice lick. He can, which was, which was nice to see. He he doesn't look like physically imposing. I don't know why he doesn't look 197 to me. Yeah. He, he's, he's definitely wiry, but I don't know. I think he's plays pretty physical to be honest. I think what I, I like to see him jump some receivers more off the line of scrimmage, but I think his tackling, I think he needs to wrap up more, but I think physicality was, I think he'll be able to play at the level, but I think silky smooth is really the best way to describe him. He's such an easy fucking mover. He makes everything look so easy. That's how I feel like you know someone's super athletic is just when they just make like stuff look too, way too easy. And that's what he kind of does. I think I love the versatility in the sense where I think he can play inside outside if he has to. I think the last couple of games this season he played almost predominantly inside, which is something that's cool to see. But he can play man. I remember I think earlier in the season the knock on him was like, oh, you don't really want him playing zone, but I disagree completely. I think he can play zone and can play at a high level. I think he can play in like that Seattle cover three shell and just and really thrive in it. Um, but he is a man. He can play man too. He's a man. I think that's – and that's what you really need at this level. You need someone because uh, like the game is going where 
on first and second downs, teams are playing so much zone, but when it push comes to shove on third down, it's got to be one-on-one matchups and you got to win. So I think teams are really going to love that. I do think that he's going to be the first cornerback off the board just because the athletics, the measurables, and just the tape itself. I think he's the best cornerback in this class. Yeah. And I mean, we're beating this to death, but him and Witherspoon, I think, are just head and shoulders above everybody else. I really liked Banks. And, you know, I got love for, for JPJ, but I don't even think they're in the same realm as, as these other two guys. And I think the tape shows that. And I think we will see that once they uh, get out on the football field. What about, some, what about some guys outside of our top five? Yeah, well, let's, let's talk about some guys outside the top five that maybe you liked, you didn't like. Dean, you want to start? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, it should you should definitely be bringing up DJ Turner from Michigan. Uh, same with Emmanuel Forbes. Uh, yeah, I was going to touch on Emmanuel Forbes, too. I, I, he's, okay. he's, yeah. he's so tricky, this guy. I mean, 6'1", 32-inch oh, arms. So it's 66 pounds. Yeah, I mean, he, it's so weird, though. Like, because, like, just 6'1", 32-inch arms, like, oh, that's the build you want. But then 166 pounds, it's crazy. I feel like it's kind of in his legs, too. He has really skinny ankles, which is kind of weird. But he's he's oh. another peculiar guy just because he's an elite athlete, and he's got – tons of ball production where like I think he had six picks this year, three for three to the house. But there are times downfield where he gets a little lost with the ball when he's trying to turn back around and find it. So that's what kind of kept him out of the top five for me. That and the weight obviously. But I'm really curious where he ends up going because I, I feel like he has to go with the top top fifty just based on the fact that like the ball production that he's had, I feel like teams are just gonna buy in. So I'm really curious to see where he ends up going. Yeah, he's such an interesting guy. I have him at six. He was a really tough evaluation because the tape is really good. Um, I think he mirrors really well. He can play in press man coverage. He has enough speed where he carries vertical routes really well. But nobody in the history of the NFL has played corner at an elite level at 166. just has never been done. And for as much as we talk about Bryce – and his frame being an outlier, I feel like this is more of an outlier being 166 at corner than being 189 or close to 190 at quarterback. So apparently he weighed in at their pro day four pounds heavier and he was over 170. But in the rigors of the NFL season, is he going to be playing at 175? Like, I don't think so. Oh, I agree. He'll probably be end up being a top 50 pick just because the ball production, even though a lot of those are, are tip balls and he's just in the right spot, right time. But what does he have six pick sixes in his, in his career? You don't just fall. You don't just fall into that. Mm-hmm. So he's got skill. It's just going to be how many teams immediately eliminate you off their board because you're 166. So it's going to be interesting to see, to see where he ends up. Yeah, I'm curious. Really am. Yeah, and then uh, and then obviously we can move over to DJ Turner. Yeah, go ahead, Neil. Four two six. That's just crazy. And and it shows. It it shows on the tape. You it, it was known that he was going to run out of the gym, jump out of the gym, just like all these other guys. It, it's actually weird. I, I definitely want to go back and I did not. I know I know they this this group is wildly more athletic than last year's group but I, I'm actually interested in you know like historically just even check a few years back kind of testing numbers and and compare like the top eight prospects I guess like the consensus top eight with uh, other years because I, I just find it crazy that DJ Turner was was also an awesome player his last two seasons he led up I think a, a, a 62 QB rating which is you know, which is awesome. He's going, you know, he's going against the best competition in the whole country. He's going against some dogs. So to have that, and, you know, he played against Marvin Harrison this year and held his own. I know that uh, he let up a, a good amount of, you know, a few catches, but you know, that's not, that's a future top 10 pick. So I'm not going to slight him that much for it. He's going to be probably again, another guy who's going to be like a top 40, top 50 pick. It's going to be like, how many quarters do you think are going to be in top 50? Um, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be less than we think. 
I don't he's going to be like as six or much seven. I six just or seven. Because this this draft is obviously lacking in other positions. It's I feel like the early the uh, the early talks about how this was a draft that was really deep and was at its best with the corner and edge is still true. I think it still holds up. And uh, I think that those two are going to be a lot of, you know, there's just going to be a lot taken in the top 50. Yeah. And I think for those two positions as well, they're big positions in the league now. You can never have enough corners. You can never have enough edge rushers. So do we say that? Yeah. I think with the lack of talent at other positions that, these guys are going to get bumped up draft boards because of that. Uh, the last guy I just wanted to touch on who I really enjoyed watching was uh, was Tyreek Stevenson from Miami. Six foot, 198. Big physical corner. He beats the fuck out of people on the line of scrimmage. Um, he's really patient in press man coverage too, but he's really patient while he's beating the shit out of you. It's really, really <laughs> funny to watch. Um, I think that's his calling card is playing in press man coverage really good at high pointing the ball. He's a really good athlete. And he goes up with ease and he gets his hands on wide receivers' hands when they're looking to make a play on the ball. But some of the zone coverage plays are abysmal. He doesn't know what's going on in front of him. There, I saw a lot of blown coverages in zone. So he has a lot to learn about the game and he's going to get with a defensive coordinator that can hopefully show him what's what on that front. But if you need a press man corner in the second, third round, he's going to be a guy that uh, a lot of teams are targeting. A bunch of other guys that we didn't mention who are outside, who I think are probably top 75, top 100 picks. Julius Brents from Kansas State, big, long corner, really interesting. Darius Rush, um, Cam Smith's counterpart at South Carolina. Clark Phillips is going to be a really interesting one, too, because the tape is awesome. He's been great for two years in a row, but... 5'9", 184 with sub 30 inch arms yeah. is miserable. <laughs> Roger McCreary all over sub, again. Not sub 30, almost 29 inch. It's just weird. Um, don't don't forget to talk about my boy uh, Travis Hodges Tomlinson. Uh, go Frogs. He's a, that guy is a goddamn dog. But again, yeah. another guy who's like five eight. It's I I wish I I like those I really like them both they have great tape and they, they again they were just they're high level competitors who just wanna who just wanna be in a scrap they, they love it and they got a knack for getting to the ball as well I I, I wish their measurables do you love the small corners bro I do yeah, I, he does I do I just they I just love to see it it inspires me yeah so it, it's gonna be really interesting because I have a bunch of guys who have day two grades so a bunch of guys we didn't even mention garrett williams from syracuse is a bunch of guys so gonna be interesting to see where teams have these guys ranked on their boards and uh how they attack this cornerback class but good stuff fellas so that'll wrap it up for us here on between two tackles thank you for listening hopefully enjoyed our cornerback episode stay with us we got more position groups dropping next week. We got tight ends. We got the interior offensive line. So stay with us for that. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at two tackles with the number two. Stick with us as we continue this 2023 draft season, fellas. Appreciate you.